All right, uh, welcome to February's uh, ICEP Connect. Just a few uh, announcements before we get started. Um, the abstracts are still open for ICEP 2023 in Chile. Uh, the abstracts close in four days, so February 14th. Uh, that's Ustavudenbeibe uh, in Friendship Day in Finland, and it's Valentine's Day in the US. So a good day for friends to submit their abstracts. Uh, February 14th is the deadline. Uh, the conference is in Santiago, Chile, July 4th to the 7th. Uh, we also, you will be getting an email today from the ICEP board. Um, we are um, going to be announcing some restructuring of our ICEP membership fees to make us more uh, approachable for low-income and middle-income uh, countries. So there will be a drastic uh, reduction of fees for people in low-income countries. We want to be more inclusive. A lot of this has been driven uh, by our work with uh, Menno, who's going to be hosting today, and Carla Lugueti, uh, who are um, working with the EDI program uh, for ICEP. So there'll be some changes in, uh, in structures of fees for uh, membership. So you'll get an email about that. So I won't spend too much time on that. Um, so let me introduce uh, Menno. Um, he is going to be running the session on improving the quality of PE teaching by using digital tools. So Menno, go ahead. Thank you very much, Risto. Um, good afternoon, evening or morning uh, to everyone. Uh, my name is Menno Slingerland. I am a, um, a board member of ICEP and I work as a teacher, educator and researcher at Fontes University in Eindhoven, uh, the Netherlands. Um, yeah, and on my behalf, I would like to welcome everyone to this ICEP uh, Connect session. Um, so the topic of today, um, perhaps one of the most important overall research questions within PE is um, how we could further optimize uh, teaching quality in PE. And um, uh, teaching quality um, is a multi-layered construct, we could say. It has many sides to it, and we will see this in the, in the next hour. Um, so, for example, pe uh, teachers could have certain pedagogical competences for teaching PE, but should also have the skills to design uh, an optimal learning environment. Um, but at the same time, a PE teacher should also be aware of his or her motivating style when teaching PE. So today um, we will hear from three different PE scholars uh, who will dive deeper into different aspects of teaching quality um, and on how to develop or support this by using digital tools. So the format in the next hour is that we have three uh, short presentations. Um, and if you have a question, please type your question into the chat. So after all three presenters are, um, are done, have finished, um, then there will be time to answer questions. Uh, please note that the session is recorded and will be put on the ICEP website and also will be published as a podcast, Risto's podcast, in the Playing with Research and Health in Physical Education podcast. Okay, so um, you've not came here, come here to uh, hear me speak, um, but you are here for the three presenters. So let me introduce the first presenter to you. Um, the first presenter is Katrin uh, Kohake. She's from Germany. Um, she finished her PhD in 2021 and is now a teacher educator and postdoc researcher at the University of Münster um, at the Department of Physical Education and Teaching Research. Um, and together with her colleagues, she developed an observation instrument to strengthen PE teachers' 
pedagogical competencies. Katrine, if you are ready, please share your screen and then the floor is yours. Okay, great. Thank you very much, Manu. And just this. Okay, yeah. Hello, everyone. And uh, thank you very much for the introduction and thank you for having me here. I'm really happy that I got the chance to present to you some of my work regarding the use of video examples to foster professional vision of university PE students. The project I'm going to present to you today, I developed together with Alfred Richards from the University of Hamburg. And I also had help from other colleagues like Katrin Alba, Jeffrey Salan, and Jessica Meyer. So I would like to take uh, the opportunity to thank all of them for their support in the project. So what was the reason or idea behind our project? The competence development of teachers requires, among other things, the expansion of knowledge and the training of professional vision. The central elements here are on the one hand, the focused attention, and on the other hand, the categorical understanding of quality features at the level of the deep structure of teaching learning processes. In our project, these two sub competencies were to be promoted through an observation training for PE and sports and exercise science students. In this way, we pursue the aim of initiating self-reflection through this training of professional vision, and thus ultimately also enabling changes in one's own practice. Some years ago, the German teaching researcher Andreas Henke stated that observation is a royal road for describing and evaluating teaching behavior. However, observations can be highly selective, as prominent experiments like the Invisible Gorilla show that you are probably all familiar with. Therefore, observational judgments often have a low inter- and intrapersonal reliability, as well as a questionable validity. The main reasons for this are the wide dispersion of what is actually relevant for observation and the lack of clear evaluation criteria, that is to say, what do the quality characteristics at different levels look like. To counter these difficulties, it is necessary for teaching observations to establish clear observation criteria. The selection should be based on empirical findings, and there must be agreement on how to recognize that characteristic is of low, medium, or high quality. We have been using the classroom assessment scoring system, short class, for many years in our research. And the class is an observation tool from US classrooms, and it is highly inferential. Um, that means it assesses depth concepts and not surface features. Although the class is a subject unspecific instrument, in recent years we have adapted it based on our experience and on literature review to take into account sport or physical education specific features of teaching and learning. The instrument contains three overarching generic domains of teaching quality, which are in good agreement with the general teaching research, for example, by Pretorius, Klima and colleagues. On a more detailed level, namely the design of the six dimensions included, we have made sport-specific adjustments. These include, in particular, the modification of the instru instructional support domain. A second concern was to make the instrument more accessible for students. We have therefore summarized individual dimensions and reduced the overall complexity. This is what the six dimensions look like. As you can see, or for those of you who might be familiar with the class, 
we have obtained the hierarchical structure with three domains and six dimensions. On two additional levels, which are not shown here, the dimensions are further differentiated into indicators, and these in turn into behavioral markers. Our um, overarching research question based on this was if the professional vision of physical education and sport and exercise science students can be enhanced with the help of an observer training. So the, what I would say heart of the intervention was the development of different materials. First, the observer manual. The manual serves two functions. Firstly, it clarifies the concepts and it guides um, the development of perceptual categories. This is because a continuous sharpening of understanding takes place through frequently and repeated checking and rereading. And it repeatedly directs attention to individual blind spots. Dimension video clips are used to illustrate indicators and behavioral markers of one dimension. That means here we have selected video clips, any indicators and behavioral markers as possible of one dimension can be seen. What we then call multidimensional video clips were then used to increase the amount of information to be processed by focusing on several dimensions at once. So with this, we try to create a cognitive load sensitive learning sequence. After that, training videos show different levels of quality of teachers or coaches' behavior and therefore require more differentiated evaluations. For these 12 to 15 minutes video examples, master codes with precise written rationals were created against which the users can compare their observations. And finally, we have master coded examination videos to test observer agreement. So our overall study design looked like this. One study cycle is meant to last one university semester, and we started with the pre-testing in the first session of the seminar. Then the intervention in the context of the seminar started and took 11, uh, 11 sessions. And in the current semester, we also installed two types of control groups that got a different treatment during that intervention time, but I won't focus on that today. And finally, at the end of the semester, we used the last two seminar sessions for the post-testing. So we used quite a broad range of measures to evaluate the observer training. I just want to give you a quick overview and then focus on one factor. At the pre-testing, we assessed students noticing and knowledge-based reasoning by showing them a 12-minute video clip and asking questions in a written format afterwards. We also asked them to score the different dimensions in the video. And moreover, we asked them about their teaching beliefs. We repeated all of these measures after the intervention. And however, they scored two additional videos so that we can get a better picture of their rate of reliability. And they did an additional task to test their categorical perception. And of course, we used the standard tool for the seminar evaluation. And we completed this with open-ended questions about their perceived learning progress. So as you can see, we have collected a lot of data to get a comprehensive picture, but since this is an ongoing project, they are not all analyzed yet. So I'll, today I'll give you a first insight by focusing on the scoring. Till now, 170 students completed the intervention and 73 are still ongoing since we're at the end of the semester at the moment. We included bachelor as well as master students in the study. 
and the control group just finished this week, so I didn't get a chance to have a closer look at the data yet, but they should include around 18 and 36 students in the two different types. I'm now going to show you the ratings of the students at the beginning of the seminar. So for the first dimension, positive climate and sensitivity, we asked them if the climate in the group was positive. Please note that one means a low level and seven means that this dimension is shown on a high level. For the regard of student perspective, we asked the students if they thought that students in the video had the opportunity for participation, for decision making and for active contributions. And I think um, you can see that we have a broad range of answers. So some students thought the teacher did this exceptionally well, while others think he failed in supporting students' autonomy. So this is impression is basically the same um, for all other dimensions, like the behavior and time management. We asked if they saw any signs of negative climate. Um, if the tasks seem to be interesting, varied and motivating, and what they notice about the quality of feedback from the teacher. For all dimensions, we find all ratings from one to seven. I think it is really impressive how diverse these ratings of the same 12-minute video clip are. And this is even the case for master students who already have quite some experience in PE teacher seminars. So now I'm going to show you the ratings for the same video sequence after the 12 weeks intervention. One can easily see that the variation in ratings decreased. A comparison with the master code showed that most of the students were in agreement with the master code or at least one point deviation. So in the darker green, you can see the master coded rating and in lighter green would be the within one range. The percentage within one agreement with the master codes is also the main criterion for rate agreement in the classroom assessment scoring system. So we took a closer look at this measure and you can see that the PWO increased not only in video A, but also in regard to the mean PWO from the three videos that they rated after the seminar. For rater reliability, class states a threshold of 80%, which was reached by most of the students. Lastly, I want to show you a closer look at the different dimensions. Here you can see the percentage within one in the three videos after the training. Evaluating the quality of feedback seems to be especially difficult. So overall, in our preliminary results, we found an increase in observational agreement from before to after the observer training seminar. This is true for bachelor as well as master students. The percentage within one agreement with master codes was above 80% for all dimensions except the quality of feedback. This might be due to the fact that quality of feedback is analytically and declaratively the most demanding and complex dimension of the instrument. In further research, we are already working on a more specific design of this dimension, and we would like to include parts of this dimension together with other aspects in a new dimension that deals with content understanding. For this specific study, I only presented some preliminary results today. Of course, the validation of the results against the control group must be analyzed. Moreover, the answers of the open-ended questions will enable us to have a closer look at the differentiated analysis of noticing and knowledge-based reasoning processes. And we'll look at the perceived learning progress from the student's point of view. 
I hope I'll be able to present some further examinations at the ISO conference this year. And if they are as promising as it seems now, I plan to continue students' observations and self-evaluations in the practical semester, so when our students are actually in PE classes. So thank you very much, and I'm really looking forward to answering your questions after all three talks. Thank you very much, Katrine. It was um, an impressive presentation with uh, impressive results. Um, as Katrine already mentioned, um, please put your questions for Katrine into the chat and um, she, so she can answer them after the other presenters have finished. Um, so let's continue um, with the second presentation. And this will... Sorry, my screen is doing weird things now. Um, so the second presentation is from uh, my own colleague, uh, Gwen Wildenberg, who is just like me from Eindhoven in the Netherlands. Um, Gwen is a physical education teacher, educator and educational designer in the School of Sports Studies here in Eindhoven. Um, and her teaching and research interests focus on, for example, student motivation, motivational learning climate and game-based approaches. Um, and as she is finishing up her PhD, um, one of her last studies is around what is what has be become known as the target tool, um, which helps PE teachers in optimizing their PE learning environment. Um, Gwen, if you are ready, then the floor is yours. Um, good afternoon and welcome to my presentation. Um, which will be uh, around the target tool, as Menno just said. Um, it's about the participatory design of the target tool. And um, Menno, you already told me, uh, told you that uh, my name is Gwen Wildenberg and I'm from Fantas University, um, also from the Technical University in Eindhoven, the Netherlands. Um, in this presentation, I would like to provide you some background information um, and above all, uh, some more insights into the develop, uh, develop teacher professional development target tool. So with that, I won't be, uh, it won't be a scientific research presentation. Uh, hopefully I will, uh, that will be the case in the upcoming ICEP conference in Chile. Well, um, as we know, um, is the positive experience uh, MPE impact students uh, motivation um, and attitude towards a lifelong participation in physical activities and sports. Um, however, um, secondary school PE teachers struggle to find effective ways to ensure this positive experience and with that impact students' motivation positively. The research literature provides us uh, with useful insights and framework uh, to support teachers in creating uh, a motivating PE learning environment. However, it does not automatically translate into PE practice. And therefore it is suggested to develop tools that facilitate the access and dissemination and the use of scientific insights into teachers' professional practice. And therefore the main goal of the design research was the, to develop a tool that could support secondary school PE teachers in bridging the gap between theoretical research knowledge and PE practice concerning student motivation and motivational PE climate, and support PE teachers in optimizing the motivational PE climate. 
So grounded in the target framework for creating a motivating learning climate, and based on the insights of our former research projects, we start working on the development of a tool. We used a participatory design approach, including co-design methods to facilitate a collaborative process between designers and PE teachers as end users. And the design process took place over a 14 month period and consisted of seven different phases in which several interactive and interactive research and design activities were conducted and a considerable group of targeted end users was involved. Eventually, we were able to design the TPD target tool uh, as an online and an interactive instrument, which exists of a dashboard for the teacher and uh, target scans for the student. Now I will show you some features of the tool. Uh, and with that, I hope to give you some ideas of how this tool can be applied in PE practice. First of all, the teacher has to log in, of course. And after the login, um, the teacher will go through several steps by using the progressive dashboard. And depending on the process stage the teacher is in, only relevant content will be accessible while pages with content still irrelevant remain closed. And when the teacher has gone through all steps, all tiles of the dashboard will be open. Well, in the first step, the teacher enters some general information in the profile and select classes to experiment with. In the second step, uh, the teacher select one or two relevant target dimensions after going through some more detailed information regarding all target dimensions and completing a self-scan, which is uh, optional. And in order, to uh, sorry, in order to manipulate and adjust the motivational PE learning climate uh, with the, within the selected target dimension effectively, the teacher first uh, gain insights into the student's perception of the motivational climate by using the target tool. And therefore, the teacher first has to schedule the target scans, as you can see right here. Subsequently, the passwords will be generated and the scan can be performed among students within the selected classes. By performing the target scan information on students' perception of the motivational climate regarding the selected target dimension uh, is retrieved. And this target scan consists of 10 to 15 items and will take around three minutes to administer to four students. And there are also two open-ended questions in it to gain some more detailed information. And after the target scan is performed, the teacher critically reviews the target scan results and identify professional development opportunities. Based on these results, the teacher selects relevant and applicable potential motivating strategies. And these strategies are visualized as cards, uh, which can be printed. Next, the teacher apply and implement the selected motivating strategies within PE practice and experiment with these strategies for a substantial period. 
And the teacher decides how long the cycle of experimenting will take. And during the experimental cycle, the teacher could optionally perform a quick scan at the end of a certain experimental PE lesson and to gain information on how students experience the last, the former uh, lesson, and perhaps make some adjustments in the uh, motivating strategies. This quick scan consists of three items and take approximately 30 seconds to administer. After performing a quick scan and uh, at the end of a specific experimental PE lesson, the teacher critically review the quick scan results and could make some adjustments if needed. At the end of an experimental cycle in which the teacher applied several motivating strategies within a certain target dimension, the teacher could perform a second target scan to gain insights into the effect of the interventions. And based on these results, it can be decided to continue experimenting with the selected target dimension, continue experimenting within uh, the selected target dimension involving other classes, finalize the experiment and shift to the focus and focus to another target dimension or take a break. So the whole process of using the target tool would look like this. Um, yes, and I think uh, that's my presentation. Um, thank you for, uh, for your attention. And some questions can be answered later on, I suppose. Yeah. 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 Right. Thank you very much, Glenn. Um, that was a great presentation. Um, um, it's not only shared a great tool, but also what is possible in PowerPoint <laughs> in terms of uh, graphical design. Thank you very much. Um, so there are some questions in the chat. Uh, keep uh, posting your questions in the chat and we will um, go into that after this last presentation, um, which is by Arne Boutens and uh, about Ar um, Arne Boutens and he's from Belgium. Um, from Ghent University, uh, he has a master in physical education and movement sciences, but also a master in general economics. That's interesting. Um, he has a teacher degree and is currently a PhD candidate at the Department of Movement Sciences in Ghent University. So Arne will talk us through a presentation about a video annotation tool for optimizing the motivating style of um, PE teachers. Arne, if you are ready, then Please share the screen and you can start. Yes, well, let's make this a bit smaller. Okay, perfect. Can everyone hear me well? Yep. Okay, perfect. Um, so yeah, thank you so much to Menno and to the whole ISEP team for uh, inviting me and for having this uh, discussion. It's really interesting to see the other tools um, that other researchers have developed. Um, yeah, it's really impressive, the, the other tools. Um, so let me first introduce myself and my team. So this is my uh, fun team. We live in Ghent, Belgium. Uh, this is me. And our team is supervised by Professor Lien Harens and Professor Kathleen de Koker. And um, yeah, we're the team of sports pedagogy. 
Um, there's also one colleague that I want to mention. I think she's also in the in the audience here. It's Nele van Doren, and we work on this uh, project together. So we've we're doing this um, some of the studies that I will mention here together. So let's first give us an overview of what I will talk to in the next 10 minutes. I will first introduce the tool. So I've also we, we've developed an online annotation tool. Then I will talk about some finished studies. So we've done already two studies with the tool. And then in the end, I will uh, talk a bit about an ongoing study with the tool. This is a randomized controlled trial and we're currently in the middle of this. So let's give a brief um, theoretical um, Overview of this. Okay, so um, students' autonomous motivation is very important in uh, PE um, because it leads to more engagement in the students. We know it leads to more physical activity, um, both inside and outside of physical phys of um, PE, and also it leads to more PE-related skills in the students. So clearly, this autonomous motivation is yes. Yeah, is key in, uh, in PE. And according to self-determination theory, um, if students' basic psychological needs are fostered, then their autonomous motivation will go up and that will have the, the positive benefits. And also in PE, the teachers can make a big difference um, because one teacher can reach a lot of students, a lot of interventions focus on the teachers. So the teacher can improve her or or, or their um, motivating style, and uh, this can benefit the students. So there already exist quite a lot of interventions for improving PE teachers' motivating style, and in general, they are found to be effective. Um, typically, these are in-person workshops. Um, they typically include informative sessions, group discussions, and micro-teaching sessions with peers. Um, however, they often lack feedback about authentic classroom situations because it's it's just really difficult to, to organize on a, on a large scale to give everyone specific feedback. And also they're mostly generic in that they do not take the teacher's current teaching style into account and they give um, broad information about, uh, about the motivating style. So to build on these existing interventions, we've developed an online tool. It's currently called Fee Observer, but this is a preliminary name. It might uh, still change. So currently, what is VObserver? Um, VObserver is um, an online tool for PE teachers for self-reflection about their motivating style. So the main parts are a questionnaire uh, teachers fill in. They get a profile, which I will show in a minute. And then there's a video annotation part. So in the questionnaire, um, the teachers fill in the SysPE questionnaires, the situation in school questionnaire which is a vignette-based questionnaire of realistic situations uh, of PE classes and how they would react to these situations. Then the teachers see their own personalized profile based on this questionnaire. Okay, so they get a profile here, the teachers, and then they select an aspect that they want to improve. So then they go to step two and they see an, a video, like a short knowledge clip, about three minutes, um, about the specific aspect that they have selected. Then in the second step of the annotation process, um, they annotate their own classroom video. So they upload a video of their own classes and they make annotations. They can do this by uh, using the annotation buttons, which are under the video, or they can create their own free annotations. 
after this process, after watching the video, they answer some self-reflection questions here on the right of the video about this specific aspect, and they write a short action plan. So they, these are two open questions, and it's, it's about what do you want to improve in this aspect, and how do you want to do this in the next lesson? So it's quite concrete, how do you want to improve on this specific aspect that you have selected? So the teachers can watch their video um, multiple times, every time with a different aspect or a different focus. So they really hone in on, on what they want to improve. So currently we've done two studies. We've done uh, the first two studies were on the acceptability and the feasibility of the tool. We wanted to know um, if it's feasible for teachers to film themselves, is it easy to use the tool and does it effectively stimulate reflection about their teaching style? We did this in two studies, the first study in pre-service teachers, which were college students, and the second study in in-service teachers. Um, for the first study, um, we let the pre-service teachers use the tool for a few hours, and we let them fill in appreciation questionnaires. This was with a total of 53 teachers, and we also did focus groups with a part of those 53 teachers. So 36 teachers also participated in the focus groups. And for the in-service teachers, um, we also let them use the tool, but we were present. They used them individual, the, they used the tool individually um, while thinking out loud. So they verbalized their thoughts. And uh, we did also semi-structured interviews to clarify the things that the teachers said during uh, these think aloud sessions. And we did this with eight teachers. It was rather um, intense. So it was more than two hours generally per interview or per, per session. So we, we had a, a small, relatively smaller group, but longer sessions here. So then for the results, this is for the first study. So for the pre-service teachers, these are the answers on the appreciation questionnaires about the tool. So on the X axis, you can see the different categories of the uh, questionnaire. It goes from clarity, was the tool uh, clear? Was it feasible, interesting, and so on. So in general, we see that they quite liked the tool. Um, they scored it uh, relatively positive with most aspects um, above 3.5 or towards four out of five. With the only aspects um, like time feasibility scoring around neutral. So this means that the teachers were unsure if, if um, time concerns would keep them from using the tool in, uh, in the future. They were not negative about it, but they were, it's quite a lot of you know, work to film yourself and to watch yourself, um, but they were not negative and neither positive about it. But the other categories they scored um, even more positively. And for the focus groups, so still with the pre-service teachers, about the tool in general, uh, several teachers said that they found it useful. For example, one teacher said, I thought the best thing was that everything was together, so that you have the tips. So the teacher means like the, the short instructional video of the three minutes, then seeing yourself, and then the action plan questionnaire. If those three steps were separate, I think I would forget a lot. So this teacher appreciated the synergy of the, of the different steps of the tool. Then for the video annotation, in general, the teachers, the pre-service teachers found it interesting and useful because it seemed to stimulate reflection. For example, one teacher said, I think it has less effect when someone tells you that you do something wrong instead of when you actually see it. In the latter case, you might be more inclined to think, okay, I'm really doing it wrong. 
Um, however, filming classes could be an obstacle. Some teachers um, said, yeah, pointed towards this, but when questioned further, they, they said, oh, this is certainly not unfeasible. There are just some uh, limitations, of course, but, um, but it's not unfeasible. Moreover, annotating was innovative. The, most of them had never done it before, but six annotation buttons to keep in mind at the same time is a bit too much for some. They said it, it led to cognitive overload. So five might be like an optimum number of, of things to notice when watching a video. And then for the in-service teachers, so the Think Aloud testing helped us identify technical issues and clear steps in the tool. And we also saw that the in-service teachers could use the tool with limited guidance. However, sometimes they were a bit uncertain about how, what to do next. And we've alleviated this now by creating a manual for the tool. So it's, it's really clear, a short manual, only two to three pages. So uh, they know what to do. Then in the follow-up interviews, we saw that the in-service teachers found the tool useful. For example, one teacher remarked, I have learned a lot and I really want access to this tool. I think I can still learn a lot more. However, for the in-service teachers, the personalized profiles were not always clear from the start. Um, some zones on the circle, uh, the motivating, demotivating zones of the circle, they, they did not necessarily know if they scored high in a zone, whether that meant they were motivating or demotivating. So it was not always clear for them. For this, we've also included more information, just one image of the tool where it's very clearly stated which zones are motivating, which zones are more demotivating. The teachers found the tool interesting, but however, they often uh, mentioned, oh, it's, it is quite a lot of work. So this is something to consider um, in yeah, implementing the tool in the future. Then um, for the ongoing study, this study we're uh, in the middle of. So this study is a randomized controlled trial with the tool, which started in October of last year and which will probably continue until April of this year. So we looked for secondary school PE teachers um, and we found around 80 of them. So there are 40 of them are using the tool and 40 of them get a gener um, gen generic email, general email as a control group. Um, and we did a pre and post uh, design. This is a multi-informant um, RCT, um, meaning that the motivating style will be assessed by both the teachers themselves, by the students, and also by an external um, observer to have multiple viewing points like this does this really um, make the teachers change the teacher's behavior in class um yeah we want to see that's the the main component is is of course that does it change the teaching style but we also measure other um outcomes such as student motivation needs um the needs of the students the beliefs of the teachers also physical activity inside outside of class with uh, the with accelerometer so it's we will have quite a lot of interesting data hopefully but um, this study is still ongoing we're right in the middle of it but hopefully soon um, we can give uh, we can show the results of the study so we're really curious ourselves as well okay thank you i'd be happy to answer your questions if there are some
Thank you very much, Arne. That was uh, uh, another impressive presentation and an impressive project. Um, so there are um, um, some questions in the in the chat. Um, I will just put up my own chat. Um, and if we start from the top, um, so um, there's a few questions for Gwen. Um, let's take those later, Gwen, if that's okay with you, yeah. Um, so there's a question from Antonio Calderon for, for uh, Katrine. Um, so uh, to what extent the use of video observation is useful to explore the quality of PE um, when the quality of PE is not only measured through process variables, such as the ones in your study. Um, so, for example, behavior, motivational climate. Um, Katrine, could you react to this question, please? Yes, yeah, of course. Yeah, thank you, um, Antonio Calderon. Um, yeah, I think that's important to mention that what we focus on is actually the process quality of teaching uh, in PE. So we talk about quality in PE in general, but what we mean by that is the process quality. So I think that's important to have in mind that there are other parts of quality PE as well, of course. Um, Katrina, maybe to continue um, with another question uh, from Tristan. Um, uh, so Kristen says, I noticed that the only dimension that the students didn't improve their coding on was quality of feedback, um, yeah, which was clear in your study. Have you thought of using more behavioral categories diff of different types of feedback, mm -hmm. perhaps similar to those developed by Rink 2003? Mm -hmm. So what we did, I, I only showed the showed you the level of the dimensions, but what we actually do have in the manual is the level of indicators. So we have five different indicators for the quality of feedback, and all of these indicators have several different behavioral markers that belong to those indicators. And I think what the problem, like the problem with the quality of feedback dimension is that these indicators are, as you mentioned, really complex and really cover different aspects that can be like quite, uh, yeah, quite different. So there's a lot of information in this one dimension quality of feedback. So I think this is the reason why we even spent more time on that dimension than we did on the others, because we already knew this would be difficult for students. But I think it was still like a lot of new information and maybe they didn't have as many information as they had in other dimensions, like in other seminars they had earlier. So I think we have to yeah, focus on the maybe even a little bit more, or as I mentioned, take some parts of it out to create a new dimension because there's too much in there that's like really hard to focus on all at the same time. But I think it's actually the same in the class. In the classroom assessment scoring system, quality of feedback is like one of the most complex dimensions as well, I guess. So it's not only the hardest to score, but it's also the hardest to realize in teaching because we demand a lot of teachers <laughs> from their quality of feedback. I hope that answers the question. Thank you very much, Katrine. Uh, Tristan already typed thank you in the chat, so I think that answers his question. Um, thank you very much. Um, so there are a few questions for Gwen, which I think we can combine. Um, so uh, one question is about the language versions of the target tool. Are there any other uh, language versions, for example, an English version? Um, what was the budget to um, 
to uh, to develop this tool? Um, and is there a link uh, to maybe more information on this tool? When? Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, uh, it's only in Dutch right now. But uh, if there is, uh, well, there are a lot of people who uh, want to work with the target tool. We can work on the translation, of course. It's it's feasible in in the developed tool right now. So I think that's uh, uh, possible for the future. Um, considering the, the 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 amount of money uh, went to the to the tool, that's I don't know for sure because I had to um, get approval from uh, from the, the from from the research uh, leaders, etc. But I think it's more about more or less about fifteen thousand. So it's quite a lot of of money. But we think we have a well uh, a tool which we can work on within our own curriculum, in our own PEAT curriculum, but we're also working um, with the target tool uh, in PE practice right now. Um, and the other question? Um, yeah, I, uh, oh yeah, the link. I, I put the link, it was if to the introduction video because um, uh, if you want to work with the target tool, you need an um, account. So for now, we only have an open access uh, link to the explanation of the tool, but it's only in Dutch. So um, unfortunately for a lot of people, they, they can't uh, do anything with it, but perhaps uh, some translation. All right, thank you very much, Gwen. Um, so indeed there's a link to uh, an explanation video. Um, the one who can spot the presenter's voice uh, wins a prize. <laughs> all right, so then I'll, everyone has to click on it. Okay, so um, Arne, there's a question for you as well um, coming from Risto, uh, which is um, about um, yeah the, the amount of work it takes probably for an in-service teacher to use these kind of tools. Um, I assume you have read the question. Um, so could you please provide an answer? Thank you. Yes, thank you for the question, Risto. Um, yeah, indeed, we also noticed that um, that using such a tool is quite a lot of work. So if, it is, if it's just extra for the teachers or you ask them, oh, do this also, then I guess it will always be difficult for um, for teachers that are not super motivated to to have them use the tool um but in your question i saw that you you said have how have students like pre-service teachers reacted to it but in general i think they will be it will be easier for them to use the tool than in-service teachers because they they're quite positive like not towards oh, extra work but they're positive if it can replace um, traditional reflection reports for example they say all oh, this makes it easier we have to write reports and and describe the whole situation what happened and then how i reacted towards it how did how the students reacted but with this they say all oh, the context is already there like the the supervisor of the or the trainer can just watch the video and if he or she or they um, see the the annotations then they already have the contexts from the video so in that sense maybe it can help reduce workload a bit and, and be a win-win situation I think for in-service teachers it might be more difficult to to really get large groups of teachers to use it 
but they're already like um like professional development courses and and they say they would be interested in using it but of course it will probably be in in place of of other uh, initiatives because just extra work teachers are not are already have a lot of work so uh, yeah thank you very much uh, arna um, I think we have your colleague here, um, which was introduced at the beginning of your presentation. Uh, Nayla, please uh, state your question. It's not really a question, it's just um, maybe um, providing some more details about the V Observer, uh, because I found it an interesting uh, question from Risto. Um, we're also, or there has also been uh, another tool that has been used with pre service teachers, but it's more for pre service teachers that are we call them they're like already in the field and their mentors sometimes um, have difficulties with working with these students because those students don't really go to classes anymore but they do have like an internship and the tool is also used by them to provide more details and more feedback uh, on what on their reflection on what they have seen in their classes um, so that's another way to use uh, this tool because you can react, you can share your videos with one another and you can react on the annotations that you did. And then for the in-service teachers, uh, the tool is being developed even more, which uh, we're very lucky that we, we can do that. Um, and there we try to provide more tailored advice so that teachers um, have to do less work themselves so that we can provide more details and even our hope is that one day maybe if they an annotate that they can um, immediately get feedback themselves on those annotations um, by programming it in that way that by by choosing some behaviors that we can clearly give already feedback on what they have annotated um, but that's for the near future hopefully yeah, there's a there's a for-profit company that tries to sell their services. I'll, I'll put the link in uh, in the chat, but it's uh, it's Go React, and in the U.S. for the university supervisors, so the person who is supervising a student teacher in the field placement, sometimes they're they're in far distances. It takes an hour to drive to go supervise or. Uh, when I lived in Los Angeles, the traffic is really bad, so it might take a long time to go from one place to the next. So they've been using this video tool that, you know, you could record and then upload and then the person literally never goes to watch the student teacher, but they do the video analysis. They're very similar, I think, to what you're, you're talking about of uh, teacher self-reflection but they're using this tool. We haven't adopt. We have not adopted it in any of the universities that I've worked at. But it's a really, really big uh, movement towards because everybody is working from home and like trying to limit the the school visitations. And um, I don't know if it's good or bad, but it's definitely a trend here. All right. Thank you, Risto and uh, Nele, for this. Uh, these. Um... Uh, additions to uh, the answer of Arne. Arne, there's another uh, question for you in the chat from Gay Timken. Um, have you considered using the system with in-service teachers who are transitioning out of the classroom and into physical education? Okay, let me just read the full question. I have just seen it. Classroom teachers. 
yeah that's very interesting to would be an interesting yeah interesting way to research it what we had now was a teacher that just started and he was not transitioning but he was in service but he just um, got into in the field and he he said he was very enthusiastic about it because he said now the training that they have to start um, teaching is very classroom focused it's very focused for other teachers that are in an actual physical classroom and he said often he fell like off the, off the wagon because it was not really practical for him so for him it was a, a positive so yeah it could be interesting to for trans transitioning teachers but I'm yeah I haven't really considered it because I also don't know how many teachers are transitioning from the classroom into physical education how big that group would be but it could be, certainly be interesting Thanks. Thank you very much. Um, we have a few minutes left. Um, if there are any questions, um, you don't have to put them in the chat anymore. You can just raise your hand. So if there are no questions, then I think we have come to the end of this um, interesting session. Um, and I would like to uh, thank the three presenters. It's interesting to see the similarities between your three projects um, but to also um, um, acknowledge the, the differences and the different approaches uh, to this and the way you have embraced um, the technology to uh, to support uh, quality teaching in PE that's really really impressive um, so Katrine, Arne and Gwen thank you very very much for this um, and um, audience thank you very much for listening uh, for your questions. Um, as I said in the beginning, this uh, the recording will be put on the ISEP website and on Risto's podcast. So if you have missed a bit, you can, um, you can um, listen to it at a later time. Thank you very much. Um, be well and take care. And until next time, bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a good weekend. Thanks, everybody. Bye. 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 Thanks.